You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It's Rico Daily. I'm Adam Clark Estes. And in the last few weeks, we've talked to you a lot about the supply chain. The flow of goods all over the world has been disrupted by the pandemic, which is continuing to cause factory shutdowns and bottlenecks at ports. There's also a shortage of computer chips, shipping containers, and truck drivers. So the delivery of everything from laptops to toys is facing huge delays. And that could be bad news if you haven't already ordered your holiday gifts. But it doesn't have to be. What if this is actually an opportunity to take a step back and reassess our shopping habits? Maybe it's a sign that we should all be buying less stuff. Fox's Terry Nguyen writes for The Goods, and she's here to explain. Hey, Terry. Hey, Adam. So, Terry, we all know by now that the supply chain is in shambles. How are stores responding to this? Is this affecting the way they're marketing holiday shopping to customers? Yeah, so it is November by now. So most people are probably familiar with the marketing they've seen over the past two months, even way before Halloween or October, for them to shop as soon as possible or risk their gifts coming in late. And tons of retailers from, you know, Macy's to Target, Amazon, Walmart have launched various early bird sales and pretty much are just encouraging people to buy as early as possible even as Thanksgiving and the holidays get closer and closer. And the idea here is that because of the supply chain trouble, a lot of stuff is being held up at ports. And so you just need to plan in extra time to get stuff shipped to you, right? Yeah, but it also kind of by extending this holiday shopping window, it also inadvertently encourages people to keep on shopping right until Christmas or end of December. And in a recent article for The Goods, you argue that maybe customers could help ease the stress on the supply chain by simply shopping less. But just how much do we buy in a normal year? Yeah, well, we buy a lot. (laughs) We can just look at clothing for one example of our overconsumption habits. Research shows that on average, Americans buy more than 60 garments a year. And that kind of totals out to about one item of clothing a week. Also in October, imports last month were at an all-time high. That number actually like eclipsed the same period in 2019 by roughly like 20%. And so people are not by any means buying less because of the supply chain crisis. It sounds like they might actually be buying more. I know that I personally feel like I'm buying a little bit more now. Companies just keep having sales and... I feel like I'm going to go back to the office at some point. So when I can get a shirt for half off, I just go ahead and do it, even though a lot of stuff has just been sitting in my closet. Why do Americans buy so much? Is it because of this marketing or is it just in our DNA? Yeah, it really does feel like, you know, our relationship to objects and our relationship to just the things we buy are a reflection of us. And before 
we started shopping for fun. People bought things because they needed to fulfill certain fundamental needs. They bought food, for example. They bought things to keep them safe. They owned a home for shelter. But now in a more kind of advanced society, the things we buy are more closely tied to ourselves as people. And just because we're buying so much, most people aren't fully aware of how to discern between whether they need something or just because they simply want something. And most people, um, I myself am guilty of this, we buy things because we feel like it without thinking too deeply about the lasting purpose of the purchase. Right off the bat, all this talk about buying a lot of stuff is setting off alarms that this can't be great for the planet or for our carbon footprint. Are our shopping habits hurting the environment? The short answer is yes. <laughs> Online shopping is a large you know, emitter of greenhouse gases. And when you buy things online, that means more packaging waste and the transportation of these goods, whether it be via ground or via air, means, you know, more demand for trucks or for planes that are burning fossil fuels. I did touch upon this in the piece, though, that it's kind of hard to tell people to buy less because it suggests that they are personally responsible for climate change or their purchases are adding up to it, when the reality is a lot of corporations have greater responsibility in solving this issue. But I still think that it's worth talking about it and looking and thinking critically about how and why people buy. Well, if it sounds hard to buy less, it sounds impossible to just give up on shopping completely, especially as the holiday season creeps up and you have friends and family that you want to get things for. But you've actually spoken with a few people that are a part of this growing buy nothing movement. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so I spoke to one woman named Steph, and she is a lawyer in New York who's gone an entire year without buying a new item of clothing. She pretty much kind of started this challenge to only wear about the same like 30 or so items of clothing for three months. And then she realized that she could extend this commitment to not buying anything for an entire year. During the pandemic, a lot of local Facebook groups emerged where people, instead of looking to buy something new, they could swap items that they no longer needed with their neighbors, or they could just give them away for free. It's kind of like a virtual yard sale without, you know, receiving any money in return. So there were a lot of those groups, you know, in cities like New York, Los Angeles, D.C. So there are people kind of personally dedicated to consuming less, whether that be through their clothes or through just, you know, makeup, books, things that they don't really need, but they just enjoy those purchases. And so just a personal choice to see how far they could go with this. And to be clear, people who consider themselves a part of the buy nothing movement are still buying stuff like food, but they're just trying to get the most out of other objects that they might typically replace more often. Yeah, right. So the goal of these communities is to just be more mindful and intentional about the purchases, to not give in to whatever is recommended on your Amazon account or, you know, on your Instagram feed. Going back to the environmental question, you mentioned that the responsibility or a lot of the responsibility is on companies, but is there a way for people to continue shopping, but also be conscious of their carbon footprint? I see a lot of brands promoting sustainable products these days. Does it help to buy those or what can we do individually? Yeah, the reality is that a person's carbon footprint is really closely tied to how much wealth they have and how much they own. And already 
as a citizen in America, most middle-class Americans fall into the global top 1% to 10% of individuals responsible for blowing through the world's carbon budget. And yeah, you're right. A lot of brands are promoting sustainable products these days because they know that is what a lot of consumers are mindful of. But buying something that is supposedly sustainably made still requires you to buy something new. And with that, kind of all the raw materials that has to be sourced, kind of the manufacturing process. And most of the time, these products are imported from overseas. The reality is sustainable shopping is still shopping. True sustainability requires us to actually reduce our consumption level, whether that be, you know, taking less flights or, you know, eating less meat. So in your reporting, when you talk about the personal responsibility of shoppers, especially American shoppers, to spend less, there might be some listeners out there who feel frustrated with the system and just go ahead and shop anyways. After all, it's not their fault that companies are importing stuff from around the planet and they can't buy things that were made down the street. So they might think that why should they have to change when it's the entire system that runs global commerce that's so big and powerful and potentially bad. What do you have to say to that line of thinking? So as citizens of the wealthiest country in the world, Americans' personal choices do carry some weight. And that's important to remember pretty much through all your shopping patterns. And, you know, in doing so and being a part of Buy Nothing communities, people hope that these behaviors and these intentions could help shape social norms, influence others towards more sustainable choices. Because it's not just you're making this choice in a vacuum. You live in a community, you interact with others, you kind of talk about your spending and buying habits with others. And so in a way, you're also influencing those within your social circle. I do think that you know, thinking about personal responsibility as more abstract as part of community responsibility really helps make this seem more manageable. Right. So it might just be as simple as deciding to repair a pair of jeans instead of going out and buying a new pair. Yeah, it can be really simple swaps. Um, You can think about buying used furniture or vintage clothes instead of buying something new immediately or, you know, buying something from a local boutique rather than ordering it from Amazon. Just those changes, small changes in behaviors could go a long way. Terry, thanks for joining us. Thanks for reporting this and good luck with your holiday shopping. Thanks for having me, Adam. And same to you. My name is Adam Clark Estes. This episode was produced by Alan Rodriguez Espinosa and engineered by Melissa Ponce from Hemlock Creek Productions. We are off the rest of this week for Thanksgiving, but we'll be back on Monday. Thanks for tuning in to Rico Daily. Enjoy the holiday. <laughs>